and we are live. Thank you guys for joining us tonight for another episode around the campfire. I've got my co-host Ty Guy Travis Cognito is out on a very important meeting. Oh, I'm literally joking. I have no idea what he's doing. I'm just giving you a hard time. But yeah, a very important meeting for very important things. So he could not make it this evening, but he will be back next week, of course. Uh, but Travis, man, how you doing? What have you been up to? I'm doing well. Uh, I've been still face down reviewing Xenoblade Chronicles 3, working on another game called Roller Drome, a preview for that as well. So doing a lot of work, been very busy just playing games and grinding. Have not gotten to do much Destiny this week, actually, because my uh, deadline is approaching. But uh, I was planning on doing a ton of uh, Iron Banner this week so I can get that iron lord title See, we and gotta get the title oh i was gonna say i gotta get yeah, the title because cog's all like where's your title it's like i have 12 yeah, other titles yeah. where's your other titles but now i gotta get iron lord to make sure i have that one yeah so uh i i don't know if i'm gonna have time to do that but uh i do want to do it because uh i i just i haven't played a lot of crucible this i don't know if, am i gonna be one of those guys where i'm working on reviews and coverage so often that i don't get to play the games i want to play i'm just are you turning into are you are you turning into destin yeah. is this like the know, is this the curse uh, of ign uh maybe it's just a blip i i don't know it's not very often i, I review uh games that are 150 hours plus but yeah, yeah. It's, dude it's so hectic so um yeah um well me i've been uh i've finished up tunic that game is fantastic, by the I, way. That game is like. Very rarely does a little cute isometric game like challenge you with some like interesting little puzzles. I mean, I had to look up guides for certain points because I was like I was trying to finish it. But I did pretty well, though. I think I got all but like five pages of the instruction booklet, which if you play it, you'll know what I mean. So I got almost to the final ending, and then I went to go find the other pages, had to go find a couple other things, and then got the real ending. But Tunic is just a fun... I don't think Tunic is on Switch. I think it's Game Pass uh, and Xbox, I believe. I don't know if it's on a lot of other... I know it's coming to PlayStation in the fall. Kind exclusive, yeah. Yeah, I think it's coming to PlayStation sometime in the fall, in the fall but uh, I played it on Game Pass for PC, and it's just... It was a fantastic little game. Uh, I also rolled credits on Neon White. Um, so kind of did both of those in succession. Neon white is like a speedrunner's dream. If you just want to get lost trying to like shave off milliseconds of time, like I, I know some people could get insanely lost in that one. I was happy to roll credits. I think I got the platinum time and they give you like a hint when you get to gold and that'll kind of help you get to platinum. But then it would be like, Oh, what's somebody do on this level? And they're like five seconds faster than me on a 22nd level in the first place. So yeah, there are some some crazy people in that game. It's it's a ton of fun. You can do, I mean, you can play like a 20 second level here and there and it's like short little burst if you want it. So if you need something to fill little gaps, it works really well. But before we get into the world of what Destiny has been up to, we have a special guest joining us all the way over from Hawaii. So, welcome to the last word episode number 206. Iron Banner is in its final round of 2 this season. Solstice will begin next week and the heat is in full swing for at least one of us it's gonna be a fun episode tonight because there is mention of currencies in the twab so i can't wait to hear what travis has to say about that but before we get to that we have a special guest joining us tonight and taking time away from uh, his leave just to chat with us this man has ga been gaming for about as long as i have and started on that 8-bit console many of us began our gaming journey on long ago Seriously, though, a Zelda and Metroid fan, you know you're in good company. 
You know gaming has been a key part of this man's life if he still continues it on breaks from serving our country. Now, we can forgive this man for being a warlock tonight because our co-host can't be here so he can fill in the role of controller floofer. Any man who makes sure to get a thousand kills with each weapon before he even sits down to write a review plays this game in a different way. Whether it's the analytical approach that comes from spending time with any specific armament or just knowing his own mind, knowing on his own that he did more than just look at the perk options and knows his opinion on the weapon comes from a place of true honesty. It's a great thing to see. So let's welcome a man with a true knack for finding out how off meta really feels. Got a bit of the stasis bug and can't leave Shadebinder alone. And a man who really made it made it in the world of the internet because he finally has haters too. But in all seriousness, I want to thank this Sergeant First Class for his service and glad to see he will be coming home to the city of Blues and Arches after being away for a very long time. Let's give it up for the one, the only, Crit Buff. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm well, Abantus, and thank you for that amazing intro. And also, thank you both, Travis, Abantus, for having me on the show. And, and thank you both for your support um, for the service and the service members. It does mean the world, and it, it, it helps us do what we do. So, uh, no, truly, I appreciate being invited onto the show today. And uh, I, lo I love that last part of having finally acquired some haters. That's when you knew you really made it. So. <laughs> I mean, right. just ask Travis about his many reviews. And uh, the comments in the IGN comment feed are definitely something to skip over. I don't know if they're Travis haters. They're more IGN haters that are I'm writing on the coattails of. But yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, okay. We'll have a different discussion when you publish your Xenophage review. How's that? Not Xenophage. Xenoblade. Xenoblade. I love up that game. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using that gun too much. That's my own fault. That's true. Uh, yeah, you, you have a good point. There are people who hate me specifically. Uh, they're they're not as not as many as probably Crit or you, but yeah. No. Yeah, it's like when you so when you go short Travis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that was kind of one thing I actually wanted to ask you about. Is I know your gaming journey, like Zelda, Metroid. Love the fact that you love those eight bit Nintendo, fantastic. But as a military man yourself, still making content on destiny playing it up you know getting the thousand kills before you publish a weapon how has gaming been a piece of your life all through like growing up and then through nearly 20 years in the military i mean what has gaming been for you during that entire time i uh, thank you so growing up it not being you know terribly athletically gifted in any specific way i played soccer for a few years um it was it was a hobby it was something i could do with my spare time it was something i could develop to getting better at it was uh something i could take in at my own pace and that's something i'm sure that we probably all appreciate about the hobby if uh, if nothing else i think we can all find common ground there and so continuing on with that in the military there are several games that have got me through deployments so elder scrolls oblivion got me through my second iraq deployment but for my first one and please don't be too hard on me for this Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball in 03 <laughs> to, to 04 was 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 there for me uh, when I was in, you know, stationed just outside of Fallujah uh, at FOB Mercury. So, you know, that and then Halo, uh, the, the original Halo, okay. getting back stateside, playing, you know, the sequels. And then, of course, going to Afghanistan, Skyrim did a lot for me just helping me get through that deployment because there was so much to do 
and that one was a little bit shorter of a deployment. I was a little bit busier than I had been previously with the other deployments. And then so uh, now, having been garrison side for quite a few years, as I near the uh, the twilight of my career, I'm actually in it for the military. I would say having picked up Destiny and um, wanting to not uh wanting to share information that i think the average person could relate to the best of the best player base wise already know what works for them already know the meta and they they play accord in accordance with their play style but a lot of us um a lot of people identify with a certain weapon like uh irl titan loves <laughs> justin justin is great justin is you know if, if yoten was a human being it's justin yeah and so <laughs> we we a lot of players have those off-meta picks that they enjoy, and so that's uh, usually why I, I do the weapons that I do. If they somebody already knows if they like pulse rifles or not, but when they watch my video, I'm hoping to either reaffirm what they might like about what they suspect they might like about this pulse rifle, or they may say, "Oh, you know what? He mentioned that one thing, and that's something that's a deal breaker for me in pulse rifles." So he saved me the time there. Um, a lot of people misinterpreted my statement in the community focus i'm not telling you what you should use i'm telling you what happened while i used it yeah that's i mean if you actually take a second to watch one of your, your reviews for one you i mean you take the time to get a thousand kills with it so you actually spent time with it because anybody can look up you know a gun on a website or whatever and say these perks are probably going to be good but everything has different feels you cool guy I mean, especially like the way you spend time with a weapon, you see the gameplay, you got the kills, you got the footage of you going through. It's like, I watched the one with firefight with you and you're sitting there just, I swear, couldn't miss your headshots with that thing. The stability was an absolute laser. Did he freeze for you? Oh, you're back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nope. You're good. Internet caught up. Um, and it's just, you, you see, you see it in use. It's not just. Pick it off a spreadsheet and whatever it may be. I mean, that's something I'm probably to fault for is saying, hey, this weapon theoretically could be good, but then I pick it up and it's like the new pulse rifle, new purpose. For some reason with me, I don't, I haven't clicked with that weapon yet. I know it's got potential in that slot. It's also got adaptive munitions in that slot. Um, so it's kind of unique there. But again, for me to like spend the time to go after it has been weird because one, been kind of busy, but two, it's just, it feels off. And I think that's one of those mm. things that, again, you spend some time with a weapon, it is going to be how it feels for you. But it's like if you actually, you know, put hours in with a weapon, 1,000 kills is, how many matches do you think it takes you to get 1,000 kills? So that depends on a variety of things. There are weapons that I'm naturally just better with, right? I'm 40. My reflexes are nothing um, approaching that of like a highly skilled player. Uh, you know, there's that gif out there of me shooting the ground as someone jumps over my head. And then uh, I joke about, you know, aerial gameplay being suppressive oppressive but uh so for example firefright that took i got 300 kills in a day on firefright that has never happened since and has never happened before something about the 450 auto works for me yeah. um travis could pick up firefright try it and say it's it's garbage and for for travis it's not the right weapon it doesn't fit i have trouble with auto right yeah there you go, right? So how Travis approaches encounters, his decision-making process, everything about how Travis plays may not gel well with autos, but they could work for me. So that's that's the point of the reviews. Now, so um, submachine guns are very hard for me to review. 
and to do a video on because I perform poorly with them. I'm not a very good aggressive player at all. I have a hard time tracking in close quarters combat. Um, in addition, there are just elements of outside of my control. I'm in Hawaii, so I match East Asia. I match Central and South America. I match mm. US West Coast. My connections are usually not the best. And that can also become a problem. Destiny player movement can interfere with being able to track targets and CQC when you have reflexes like mine. So it really is a weapon by weapon basis. Travis? Um, can I ask you about Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball? <laughs> Go for you it. can. Hitomi. My favorite was Hitomi because she. Hitomi. I, right. Yes. Uh, when, when I played so Dead or I Alive. I played that game. Uh, oh. I don't remember why. I think it won like an award, like best graphics or something like that. And my friend was showing it, but I actually played that game for like eight hours one night, like with my buddy. And uh, it it's one of those games where like you, for the first like two hours, you're like, dude, this is the weirdest game I've ever played. And then after a while, you kind of you're kind of like, but I, I kind of want to see the ending for this character or that character. And you play it for a little longer than you expected. But please tell me about your relationship with that game and why you're into it. I need to know the story here. So it's a catalyst, right? Um, severe boredom plus yeah. <laughs> lack of access to anything else. There was a small shop at, which was really just someone's house that still lived on the base. We had a very strange setup back in 03. We had occupied like a town as our base after it had been uh, abandoned mostly during the war and initial invasion. There were still some families there lived, um, you know, right next to us and everything. And there was a home that had been opened up into a post exchange. Uh, so you being from a military family, you understand what a post exchange is. It's basically military Walmart or target. Um, you don't pay taxes on anything. Uh, so the sticker price is the price and the armed, uh, the American armed forces exchange service. I believe that's what the acronym is for APHES. They open up these little shops for bases uh, forward with the troops. And they didn't have the biggest selection in the world, Travis. So that are alive extreme beach volleyball was a title they felt was going to sell to a mostly young male audience. I cannot and imagine why. Yeah. Can't, can't uh, picture. So, and I, I was a fan of the fighting game. I remember playing it. Uh, and I, it, who was, he told me he had a male mentor. He was, he was almost a protagonist of the series. He was a ninja uh, with amnesia and. Uh, Ryu Hayabusa. That dude. No, not Hayabusa, his friend. His friend. His German name was Ayn, but he's actually a ninja. He was like Ryu's best friend or brother, and he had amnesia after one of the games, and he was found in Germany's Black Forest. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. If anybody in chat knows this game from 2003, please hit us up. Oh, see, I think I'm getting connection issues with him right now. Yeah. We'll catch up here in just a second. Yeah. I'll go super speed. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait to hear his, his explanation in five times speed. It's going to be great. Yeah. I love how Robert Jones says DOA was the waifu game before waifus were cool. I mean, true. You're not wrong. That, that right. whole, that kind of started. Yeah. Started that one up. I got to say, I he love looks the pose. Yeah. Him. Yeah. He looks pretty good. He's got that. At least he didn't end with one of these. <laughs> You guys are watching the video or listening to audio, maybe, and may not always catch the video. At the end of the show, when we say the last word, you'll notice we actually hold up like this two 
two check marks with our hands or whatever. And for whatever reason, just like Crit Buff is lagged out right now, that happened to me. But unfortunately, it was mid like expression and my hands were perfectly shaped just like this. And that's why we do that every time. So it's this weird idiot joke that happened. And now the other two, the cog's not here, just make me live with it. So it's a good way to end the show with an inside joke every time. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I also believe that by the time you came back from being frozen, you were we were all doing this waiting for you yeah. we were like this in that mode. It's like we lost him. He'll probably be back. Oh, 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 oh. oh, cool. My head. My head's in an interesting spot. Oh, no, I tried to move us. I'm trying to go back and forth two person. There we go. We got him back. You got him back. OK, my sincerest apologies. So we lost connection. You. It's all good. You. We had just decided who uh, Hitomi's master was, and you were about to tell me what you what you thought after you actually started playing the game. I liked Hitomi because I, I liked this, the play style of strong strikes, right? So you punch someone, you send them through a wall every time. So when she was available as a waifu, that is where I naturally... And she was yeah. challenging because she, she didn't like this, the skimpy suits. Uh, her, she was a much more modest person. So yeah, It's a shame when yeah. that happens, really. This is, it's tough. You got to grind that. You got to grind the that that money. Do the gambling mini game if you want to get. Uh, careful with your word choice when we're talking about all this stuff, Travis. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, being, so a, being of a yeah, yeah next subject. Yep. Next subject. Yeah, yeah you're good. <laughs> now yeah. we'll see if we can get him to blush. We'll see if we can get him to turn the same uh, color as my. Uh, no, this, is, this is great. So yeah. I played that game, and then uh, I I have this um pet peeve or if i own the original copy of a game if a sequel comes out i feel like i have to own it even if i didn't like the first game just because i you know you're making a collection here so when dead or alive extreme beach volleyball 2 came out i bought it when it was on sale for like ten dollars you know like a six months later or whatever after it came out weirdly it wasn't as good it like you fall off that game super quickly but uh it, it didn't didn't capture the same magic i guess of the original <laughs> just such a weird thing to say yeah. that series. Oh, um, the magic but but what's funny is I, I at the time I had this thing where if I owned a game, I had to get at least one ch- achievement in it because that was like proof that I played it at least like some amount in some games. That's really easy to do in Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball 2. It is not easy. You have to spend a lot of time playing the game. Like there's only like a handful of achievements and they're all like get every costume on this character or like, you know, stuff like that, where it's just like a lot of grinding. But I was committed. So uh um i was with some friends and they were like dude you own this game and then i was like yeah i've been trying to get an achievement on it and they were like dude we're gonna stay here until you get an achievement and we played way too much of that game so i have good memories with dead or live extreme beach volleyball despite the memes and the weirdness of that game but uh respect I would, man respect. i mean we had asked you to remember i was 21 yeah i was like we all have those types of games are you kidding i was a teenager yeah i was i was in like early college when that game came when the sequel came out so that means Dead or Alive 1, I must have been a high schooler. Yeah, must have been yeah. a long time ago. Oh, uh, you youngin. It's like I'm a year I'm under year under our our guest, but not too far, since I am officially 39 now. That happened hey. between, since the last podcast, so. Happy uh, Thank right. you. Yeah. Shout out real quick to TP Hayden 78 Wanted to give a belated birthday shout out to Ebontis. Make sure you get that advanced GG with code Ebontis. Tastes great, and it works well with hashtag Earthsauce. Love you guys. Oh, the Earthsauce. Anyway, Love it. that's kind of amazing. I'm gonna create memes that follow you for the rest of your life. That's, that's be, that'll be how you. I've got I've got podcast memes. segments. They're hashtags now. I just, 
There's going to be a clip of me some days that turns into a GIF, and then I'll know I've made it at least. That's uh, that's how you know. If you can turn into a GIF, I know what, like, uh, Greg, Game Over Greggy, like, I know he's got one. Mm-hmm. That's like, he's definitely got so Yeah, if you if you have your own GIF, you've done pretty well. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, when it comes to Zelda or Metroid, mm-hmm. you got to pick one. Which one do you pick? Uh, Metroid, and very specifically because I think Super Metroid sets such a high bar for what I expect from a game. A good choice. Can't really not to, yeah, uh, the Zelda games are amazing for their, especially these latest titles that focus on open world exploration, and they've always been fantastic in my opinion. Uh, but for Metroid, leaning more to science fiction, if I had to, over fantasy, that's probably the determining factor. Not a bad pick. Yeah. I don't know, Travis. If you get, do you even have a favoritism between those two? Yeah, I love both of those games. Um, I'm probably more Zelda. Uh, it's not that Metroid does like its genre extremely well. It's more that just to me, it's really hard to beat like an adventure game like Zelda, mm-hmm. where fighting bosses and uh, doing that sort of thing. And I, I also like when I played super Metroid, like it changed my life. I was like, Jesus dude, this game is yeah. like so well designed and all that stuff. But uh, there's something about like the open world and, you know, exploring and, you know, swinging a sword at things and riding a horse and all that stuff. Where when I played Ocarina of time, I was just like, dude, this game, yeah. this game is real. Also, I feel like Zelda has more really good entries as a franchise than Metroid. Metroid can mm. be a little hit or miss. They have some good ones and they have some that are just kind of mid. Um, and I feel like Zelda has like bangers a lot. So if you're talking the entire series, probably Zelda. Yeah. Although it's just hard to beat Super Metroid as a singular game. I also really liked the uh, recent one. What was it? Dread? It was a good uh, game. Dread was very good, actually. Yeah, that yeah, I really cool. enjoyed. Um, yeah, I mean, I would probably have to lean Zelda as well. Ocarina is very much like one of those pivotal gaming moments when it's like 3d open world on a horse going through time. It's like, I hadn't really experienced too much like that at the time, but also on the other side for me, it was like, I started one of my first games was the gold cartridge Zelda. So that happened before Metroid. So that's where there's like the, I wanted to play a lot of the Zeldas, but as you said, super Metroid, the missiles trying to find every single upgrade in that thing. When you were like a kid searching every different direction, it was, I don't know. I think Zelda would win, but Super Metroid is a very special game. So it's like it's I get I get the argument for sure. Lost feel like we feel like we lost him again. Yeah, that's okay. That's mm-hmm. part of a Hawaii. This is why, though, as he was saying when he was talking about like an auto rifle might work better because if it still registers him holding the trigger in the crucible match, at right. least he has a chance to still be firing. Right. <laughs> So also maybe maybe he'll be one of those people, you know, some people retire and move to Hawaii. Maybe he'll retire and move away from Hawaii and that'll be his treat where he can get good Internet because uh, that'll be his uh, his version. Yeah. New Red said no Chrono. Chrono Trigger is still definitely like in a very short top list for me, if not near the like top three for me. But Do I was just going Hogue between those it? two. Do what? You see how grossed it on Sunday? Does he really not like that game? No, he loves it. But oh. we did a uh, we did a um, what roast a your favorite game? <laughs> it's called it's called W3YFG. Uh, What's wrong with your favorite game was the name oh. of uh, 
the, the segment. And so what we did was we took everyone's favorite games and we just roasted them real quick. Uh, that <laughs> was actually our show. a good one. So, yeah, he did. Uh, he did really a really good segment on um, on Chrono Trigger, which is one of his favorite games that you can watch. I think if you click on Bitcast, they clipped it, so you okay. can see like a little clip of him doing. It. It's like thirty seconds, but it's really good. Uh, I mean, yeah, the game's, really the game's not it. perfect, of course, but none are. But that I don't know if they if Square ever could make like another after you know Final Fantasy VII remake Part Three, if they ever think about doing another one, my hope would be for that. Do I ever expect it? Because there's so many different magical people who came together for that game. No, but if they ever could, please. I don't know. It just nice so many unique characters and it was like the group attacks for me that I always loved. Cause you'd have the two pairs and then you'd get all three have your certain special attacks that you do. So yeah, Chrono was definitely an epic one. Well, before we get into the destiny stuff, I definitely want us to try and let crit buff get back here. Yes, have, sir. Have you, so you haven't played much. You haven't played at all this week. Have you? Uh, I think I played a little, I logged in, uh, might've done some events. I haven't I haven't played since reset. That's what I mean. Okay. I haven't played yeah. this week. I haven't gotten to do any uh, any Iron Banner. Iron Banner. So. I was like I'm working through going back and forth between Titan and Warlock for the daily challenges, so I can finish that one. But man, that one triumph for the title, where you have to do like the objectives in Rift. Certain amount of objectives. Yeah. Why is it always there's yeah. there's like one bounty in Iron Banner that would always come through. It's like three of them would go relatively the same speed. And one was always half of that speed. I'd finish three bounties and the other one was like 50%. This is like the same thing. I'll be done with every triumph multiple times over. I'll probably reset three times before it feels like I'm going to finish this one. And I try a decent amount. I've got a decent amount of dunks. Um, there we go. I, We're back. So one thing I'm not going to miss about Hawaii, the internet. I don't, I don't doubt that. That, that is, was the thing, actually. Yeah. I was like, he will have a reverse retirement where he, instead of moving to Hawaii, he moves away to somewhere where he can stream better. So, I apologize. I think you were talking about Chrono Trigger at some point. I saw the chat mentioning Chrono Trigger. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just mentioned, because we were going back and forth between Metroid and Zelda. I think I leaned a little more on Zelda. Oh. Um, but the new Chrono Red Nose Chrono Trigger is like one of my favorite games of all time. He's like, what about that? I was like, well, it's, it's up there. But yeah, it's, it, that one's special. Chrono Trigger, I adored Chrono Trigger. I beat the first time and I got to the, the village at the end where you're supposed to go talk to everyone and, and see the results of what you've done after you've defeated Lavos. Spoilers. Uh, and, I think at this point you're okay. I'll give you that one. Right. It's only been a few decades. I had to hit pause because I had a soccer ship, I, I, a, a tournament soccer championship game to go play before... I could find out and see what had happened during the ending. So I literally had to hit pause and be like, well, I guess I'll get back to this in like three hours. Went and played the, the game tied with the number one team and then came back home. And you tied? I thought, wow. what about what about shoot offs? Whatever happened to shoot offs? The championship yeah. ended in a tie. No one won this year. It's fine. That's insane. <laughs> the presumptuous little. They brought trophies. <gasps> they brought trophies. Yes. Shoot off. I demand a shoot <laughs> off. What is this? So, yeah, that was. Wow. But, we know, used to have a country. We used to have a country. What has happened? I know. <laughs> when you don't have a shoot off for your little league soccer game. It's uh, the yeah, worst. Because I also played in a championship little league game and there was a shoot off and I lost. And you know what? I'll take that L. I'll take it. <laughs> it was fair. You're it like, I don't, I don't need this participation blue ribbon. Yeah. 
I would rather get second place than say I tied for first. That's insane. But yeah, I digress. <laughs> yeah. That, that's me. That's crazy. Uh, so did you, like so what, happened, you. <laughs> what happened when you came back after the weirdest tie ever? Went around the village, talked to everyone, new game plus, and did that until I got all the endings. And if you remember Chrono Trigger, there was like 17 yeah. endings. There's, there's a lot to that. It, it, it was a high number. Yeah. So I just, I, I, I got all the endings, right? The one where you don't save Magus, you, or Magnus, you do save him. Um, you don't replace Chrono with the doll, you do, right? Uh uh, my favorite is the one you've done New Game Plus a few times. You can just have it be Chrono and Marley, uh, who fight Lavos. You go, you go on the opposite teleportation pad at the carnival at the start, and you are immediately sent to the last boss of the game. Hmm. Didn't even know that and was the thing. Done, yeah, and if you do, do New Game Plus enough, you're you, you with the healer and the DPS that is Chrono. You can, uh, you can fight Lavos and beat him. Damn. See? And your characters kind of sit there and go, what was that about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what have I don't know. Big, crazy boss. We took him out. We're too powerful. Anyway, back to the party. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, no, I think we got a solid connection with you again. So I did want to kind of jump over to the world of destiny. Got a couple things. Uh, have you had a chance to play Iron Banner this week? I know I asked Travis and he has had a chance yet. What about you? I did. Um, so. A big shout out for Mudkip, if you know him on Twitter. Yep. Uh, he's I know him been on doing... Pokemon. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so he's been doing some uh, charity fundraising for Bungie. Ah, yes. For this event. Yep. And joined him and his team for Iron Banner. And it's been fun. I got my Iron Lord title the first week, like a madman. Yep, you're crazy. than also... the two of us. You're like Cog. It's while I was re- working I on the... Yeah, I'm yeah. Choice. He, he had no choice. It's in. Man. I hope it's worth the surfing. That's all I'll say. I will no say way. when I went there, because that was our honeymoon, got lucky enough to go there for a honeymoon. I had never surfed in my life, and we stayed on Maui, and we went to, like, you could stand out there to about Shoulder level for me, I'm a little taller than you. You might have been drowning, but I could stand out there. <laughs> anyway, it is so funny when you rent a surfboard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to stand out there because I could surf. Yeah, Bontis. I'm a I can swim. Native. I can swim. That's no, fine. Okay. I, I get. I've never learned to surf, but when you rent a surfboard, like you see always in the movies and stuff, there are these tiny, cute little things. The, the rented surfboard is like a sidewalk. It is so big. <laughs> It puts every, you're just up there like, okay, I don't even know how to fall off of this thing. So the little baby waves where you could stand up, manage to actually get, uh, get up after a little while. But we ended up going like three of the mornings out of the week we were there. We like fell in love with surfing. I wish I was closer to that. That would actually be a ton of fun. Yeah. So there's actually a separate word for the mini surfboards. They're not real ones though. The big, the big one that you got is a proper, like real surfboard, but only the hardcore surfers own those. Like people in my neighborhood do, because I live right next to the ocean. But yeah, uh, most people they just, you know, if they go to like the beach every once in a while, they won't buy the big ones because they take too much space. They'll buy those small guys. There's a name for them, boogie board. Thank you, Robert Jones. You got it, boogie board. That's what they're called. Yeah. So boogie. 
Oh, no. Okay. Well, okay. I'm not talking about those. Those are ones you can almost like you get on your chest. Like, I don't know if people are standing on it. No, but I'm thinking of like the movie style surfboard to where it's, um, it just, it was, it's, you know, smaller than what I got. I got something, I got a training board that was like way oversized. Oh, interesting. It was like a 12 foot massive piece of just inflatable whatever so it was it was a little crazy you're basically riding a canoe is what you're telling me (laughs) yeah it it was about that big like it was it was definitely an experience okay i've never seen one of those but yeah it's good to know yeah we got the logo back we got the logo yes so i'm hoping that maybe just voice will make this better i i do apologize everyone um i i I have no choice in service providers where I live, no. so this is unfortunately the boat I'm stuck in. Trust me, Travis has the best internet between all of us, and I normally have the worst internet between all of us. So we'll roll with this it. It's all good. Is it PSA on on choice in uh, in ISP? Is that the time for me to talk about that? <laughs> I don't know. I say go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, we need to break up these pseudo monopolies called AT and T and Comcast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna get on that soapbox. <laughs> Although I could. <laughs> yeah, I have the other one. I have Spectrum or AT and T. So, yeah, I'm oh. I'm with the faster of the two, but it's all cable. If I could ever get fiber, yeah, I swear it's like I want to like spearhead the like getting fiber internet into my entire city or something, and like put that whole project together. It was like it. I swear it'd be worth it. I told you before. There's a fiber line, seven hundred like. Feet from my house. It's stupid how close that is. So if you guys can hear my dogs, they are chatting and playing right now. So that's always fun. Uh, but yeah, Iron Banner this week. Uh, since you're back, how's your experience in Iron Banner been? Since I know you were helping Mudkip. Um, well enough. We were running a full team, so it was mostly easygoing. Uh, you see a lot of the meta bleed over from the more competitive playlist. Naturally, right? People are are using what's is going to give them the path of least resistance to a win. I cannot fault them for that. And so you're you're seeing a lot of that. And I I personally have kind of given up on trying to provide my two cents on whether or not that's for better or for worse. It it is what it is. And there's nothing I can do about it or ch- to, to change it. And so I guess just besides developing unique strategies of my own to combat it as I can. Well, we understand, believe me, we all understand that piece of it. It's just like, whatever, I mean, if you got a good group that's playing well, then just roll with whatever works for you guys. It's the best that you can do. I mean, for me, playing by myself as a solo player, it's one of those that's always a little, little bit sketchy. But, I mean, I'll use, half the time I'm just trying to get things done or get participation, so I'm not trying, especially if I'm switching between characters right now for the challenges. If I sync up time in my Titan, I might go a little harder on like picking a decent loadout, but if I switch over to my warlock, I'm literally just getting like the match completions and I'll switch back. Like, but it is good when you do that to kind of use something a little, little weird, kind of break my normalcy, which is nice. Yeah. Um, what I would like to do in a perfect world is starve people of special, but you can't really effectively do that. Right. Because they're just going to spawn back in with their, the two kills that they need. And while yes, um, they may not able be able to get 40 main ingredient kills a game or Lord of Wolves in this case, they're still spawning back in with two shots. So it's still not much that you can do to combat except for to hopefully make your decisions based on what you know they're using in play around that, you know. 
Well, I mean, it was like kind of with Crucible right now. I mean, I've seen what look like dissertations on Crucible on Twitter recently. So, I mean, there've been, there's been a lot of feedback with the state of things. People are not happy with classy restoration, uh, being a mod. <laughs> people would like to see that turned off in PVP. Um, it helps people in PVE, like get through dungeons. I mean, there's, there's balances to it. And it's just, it's weird to see, especially with classy restoration. It's weird to see them be open to leaving that there. Mm -hmm. when there's so much complaints, but then on the other side, you know, deactivate the sidearm thing because it shoots through the bubble, which you see like every so often, but everybody can dodge into a classy restoration or everybody gets that. It's it's weird to see what they will and won't like touch. <laughs> um, It's funny when I saw classy restoration, when we when I opened up the artifact at the start of the season and I went over and that's usually the last column is where all the cool stuff is. I saw that and I, I said to myself, like, Wait, didn't we learn our lesson with Elemental Battery? <laughs> what did that one do? I forgot. That one gave you an overshield when you used, like, the... At least I remember it. It was... I forget. They would basically wear Worm Husk. They would dodge. They would have an overshield while they were dodging. And then they would get their health back from Worm Husk. It, it was similar, not quite exactly the same to what we're dealing with now, where you effectively have to kill a hunter like three or four times. <laughs> with the amount of health that they can get back, yeah. I was like, I mean, me as a Titan, I'll throw up a wall. I've got Lorely. I mean, that thing's pretty powerful mm -hmm. too. Hunters, Warm Husk Crown, you've got that one. What's the the stag standing in a rift? You Now you get healing and damage mitigation. I mean, you've got ways on all sides of it where it's going to be, you're going to be pretty tanky. Just depends on mm -hmm. if you catch them in the moment. There are certain builds though, and the fact that I would still say Hunters is you it's literally part of your movement to be able mm -hmm. to actually keep it with you. Seems like one of those things. It's Yeah. Uh, but I mean, hey, what do we got? Six more weeks of this and then we'll move on and everybody's gonna be like, Oh, I missed that in PvE and PvP complainers and all those things, and then we'll get a new season. Is there only six weeks? Holy crap. I was ball, ballparking six, seven weeks, something like that. Dude, I think I'm not even max season rank. I need to play. I need to play more Destiny this season. I'm falling behind. You've dude. been you've been busy, man. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you wait, might be one so, of those. You might be one of those casuals that just gets to a hundred. How dare you? Actually, I kind of already am. I kind of stopped <laughs> playing. I get to like 120, 150, and then I'm like, eh. Um, it, the rise, the Iron Lord title, I can get next season if I if I end up not correct time this week. Right? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, um, let me ask you, do considering that we're on the subject of Iron Banner, gentlemen, do either of you see yourself really aiming for something specifically from the playlist, right? Now that you can focus your engrams. No, not. No. I was like, a lot of them have been there. And if I wanted to roll most of them, I think I've got a decent amount of them that I do. Uh, I got a decent Wizened Rebuke, but it is also a nine. It's like, you know, 960 nearly. It's the slowest type. And I think I got one with... Was it no backup plans, maybe a successful warm-up? Like, it's a decent one for a fusion rifle, but mm -hmm. um, as it's a slow one, I still don't know if it would actually do that much. That's what I'm going to have to experiment with just to see if it ends up being worthwhile. But there's... I mean, I just got done farming hardcore for... What was it? Uh, the title. And I actually like a couple of my roles on the title, like the Void SMG. And we have another Void SMG. And I think I was like, I've got one. But when it comes to... 
Mm -hmm. Iron Banner in and of itself, not really much to farm for at this point. I mean, for new players, maybe, but honestly, when we get to talking mm -hmm. about the event, the new players are going to get a lot more out of that, actually. What's interesting about Iron Banner is that some weapons have origin traits, like uh, Hero's Burden having the Suros origin trait, right? Something mm -hmm. that could be taken and used elsewhere, whereas... Say Forge's Pledge, um, the Machine Gun, Wizened Rebuke, any of the the hand cannon, any of the Iron Banner specific weapons, they just have this skulking wolf trait, and so yeah, that's it's it's so it's specific. a tough sell. Yeah, yeah, they almost need to put on to make those worthwhile. I mean, it is a PvP and PVE game, and as you mm -hmm. said, the Suros trade would be there, but it's like almost Iron Banner should have an alternative reason to farm for those weapons as you're saying get a pve option in there on those four origin traits to give you a reason to use them outside of there and make it kind of cool because then you'd have a reason to go play because only what is it when the fires are lit or when you guys have the rift or something or when you have the spark mm -hmm. are like the two minuscule times when you can actually get the benefit from that origin trait it's just very oddly specific for that i agree Right, and so I imagine that when it's active, it's powerful, right? Being taken off radar is always going to be powerful. That's why a lot of people play Invis in addition to on the Oculus, but yeah. some incentive to use it in another playlist would be would be cool and possibly something that could be worked towards one day. Um, the only thing I would tell you is that I suppose if you don't already have a Hero's Burden with Repulsor Brace and you're a really big fan of Void and Repulsor Brace, you could do that. That could be a targeted farm for you with your engrams. But yeah, the Brace the... does drop on the trace. Yeah. I was going to say, then you get into the debate of oh, it's not craftable, though. So my odds of getting the perks that I'm looking for with the reputation grind is going to be quite a while. That's fair. So what are your That's thoughts? I've, I've seen, you know, back and forth a little bit about craftables mm -hmm. and things of that. How have mm -hmm. you taken to being more of a PvP player? How has craftable weapons kind of taken to your playstyle? Um... It's interesting because we know, or at least, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but my understanding of Bungie's philosophy is that usage rates... Uh... Did we lose them again? I cannot, can't hear you. I, I said, oh, there I, you go. So. I said it Quiet. defeatedly. said it quietly and didn't quite come through. Man, where are you on Crafted since we'll get back to his response? Craftables. I still like Crafted. I don't think yeah. it's that, like I said, I think uh, you can't really get pure god rolls with crafting because they never let you get the best perks, but they let you get most of the way there, and so if you are kind of a hardcore light like myself, like I'm not the hardcore of the hardcore, I'll play to get the five red frames and get a craftable version of the weapon and then grind it up a little bit when I have time, but I'm not willing to do the same activity 50 times over and over and over again to get a god roll organically like i've just never grinded for god rolls because i don't really think it's worth the squeeze yeah and so uh i think it's it's great where the people who really 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 want the best equipment they can grind end game activities for uh the what are they called um the special versions you get from like grandmaster nightfall why am i forgetting? oh adept adept Adept, yeah, you can yeah. get the adept weapons with a god roll, and then you have like the best version or whatever. But that's if you want like the five percent extra power that you get from doing that, because I think you can get like ninety five percent of the way there with uh, craftable weapons. So I kind of like it. I think it's in a good spot. It gives, get you know, 
the the only risk they have is if they let you craft the best version of the weapon, then you would just be completely de-incentivized to grind for the adepts or for the uh, the god rolls that come to you organically. And I'm sure some people would bemoan that, but I don't really. I think you should be able to get the loot once you do the activity and complete all of the check marks that uh, Bungie's asking you to check off. So, not that big of a fan of RNG in general. Yeah, I mean, like the raid RNG needs to have a cap on it, in my personal opinion. We've discussed that before. Like, after 20 raids, either you've been dragged through it enough, somebody knows how to do it, or you have mastered it enough that you should probably get it. If you're doing 50, 60, 70, 80, it's ridiculous. The one thing I will yeah. say that's a little frustrating is. Um, if you're going for season specific weapons, um, it seems like if you're going for I'm trying to think of an example, I was doing nightmare containment and I had already got drank, for example, or sever. Right. Like if it's a seasonal mission and that's one of those things that is mostly going to be dropping those two, it would be nice if it kind of had a bit of a knockout list. Like if you are trying to get that last one. If you do get a red frame, it is going to be for the stuff you haven't received. I think because, I mean, yeah. it's going to take a while for them to drop anyway. But I think on the other side, it would be nice that because I got a drain. I got drain done. I got Callus mini tool. I just finished off stringer. And then I just got another drain red one. I'm like, oh, that's just completely wasted. So it's just that weird. If you're working towards that in one specific activity and it, and it doesn't drop. I know like. Everything can drop. We had that, you know, unfortunate moment for you last time, but it's just like if you're working in that one specific place where you're trying to grind for it, I think those should be worked through a little bit better. Are you back, Crit? Yes, I am. Okay. Welcome. At least for the moment. Thank you. Um, I can feel the frustration. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, I was like, we uh, get it. I so feel, I feel bad for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Day to day. I, I would move, you know, my internet, <laughs> my internet goes out once I start packing boxes. Um, well, so. <laughs> yeah. well, the good news is I do have uh, a permanent change of station to the U S East coast here at the end of the month. So nice. where are you yes. going to be Fort Knox? Oh. Not bad location of uh, Goldfinger, James Bond movie, <laughs> classic, classic James Bond movie. Um, <laughs> yeah uh i i think um i think that's a good point there would be it would be great to have a knockout list for red frames i also think they should make the grind less long when when you're leveling up your craftable weapons because i think hunting for frames is fine but then when you add another layer of grind like oh you have to use the crappy version of the weapon for 20 full levels that's kind of crazy to me um and it also means that even once i'm done with the 20 levels it would behoove me to just put that weapon in my vault and get another crappy weapon and start grinding that one up. And so you end up never using the weapons that you want yeah. because you always could just be using the worst versions to, you don't want to waste XP, right? Oh, right. I'm going to be doing strikes anyway. I might as well use the crappy weapons that I need to level up. And so it, it it's created a situation where I almost never use my favorite loadout. I always have like at least one, you know, crafted weapon. I'm trying to rank up while I use other ones that are, I'm good with. And uh, it, that's just, that's no way to live. Epontus. That's no way to live. <laughs> Like I have, I got my callus mini tool crafted with incandescent. I have enjoyed blowing stuff up with that quite a bit. So that one kind of stays, but if it's the top or bottom, yeah, it's like, it is, I'm not using my pulse rifle that I enjoyed for a while. It's like, what red frame can I use? And especially if you get one, then you, that you've got to use it for 20 levels and lock it all. No, I fully agree. It's like, but it's a point of their, you know, they've got their engagement that they want to do. How long do they keep you in it? And it's all those metrics and numbers 
But I would say if they could pull back, you know, 20% on that, it'd be nice to see those numbers go up a little faster. At least if you're leveling up the weapon, give you a little more just usability quicker. Like if you start leaning it or if you start doing, you know, almost like a streak bonus, like the longer you use the weapon, the faster it levels up. Especially when you get up to, you know, those last few levels, you're trying to see just those last couple of perks, like, you know, start working through them. Um, I guess, so on the subject of weapon crafting, if I understand Bungie's philosophy correctly, balance for them is not every, uh, every weapon having the same TTK, doing the same damage overall over time. Balance was, I think, everybody not using the same thing was the quote that I seem to have in my head. Does that sound familiar or am I crazy? I mean, it seems like it's definitely possible at some point. I mean, that sounds like something where they want anybody to be able to use any weapons probably is something I've heard at some point as well. It doesn't seem out of left field. Right. So if that if that holds up, if that's true, and I remember that quote correctly, uh, unattributed, unfortunately, then what we have is everybody using the same peace of mind. Everybody using the same Ostringer. Everybody using the same Beloved. And that seems um, at odds with that philosophy, if I'm remembering that correctly. I mean, we're also in the world of Destiny where it's like, you know, we joke that this will never be an eSport. It's never going to be completely balanced. So then on the other side, I guess, like, how much effort are are they ever going to put into making everything even? If everything's even, is it boring? Or do they do what they do and constantly kind of fluctuate us as we go on the slow roller coaster of this is good, now it's not so good. Oh, it's coming back again. Oh, it's going away. Like, is that what they're trying to do is just constantly have this rotating meta and off-meta meta situation? Or do you feel like their goal is to ever get it truly balanced? Oh, I mean, to get to aim for true balance would seem to be a fool's errand. <laughs> Travis is over here cracking up. What do you think, Travis? Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, it is impossible for them to balance a game with thousands of weapons and they're constantly adding more, plus all these different power sandboxes, plus the armor and the stats thing and yada yada. I don't, I don't think that'll ever happen. But I do think it uh, it is incumbent on them to try and that they will always have to try as long as multiplayer is a part of the game. Uh, because you can't just say, well, my game's never going to be balanced, so I'm going to make it supremely unbalanced. I mean, you could try uh, that tactic, and maybe people would laugh for a weekend, like Laser Tag Weekend, but you can't, tr- you can't make that your entire game design. There's just no, there's no coming back from that, and the fan base would flee eventually. But uh, I think... Um, I think they have to try to always get a little bit closer. And sometimes it is, you know, one step forward and 10 steps back. But, uh, you know, as long as they keep trying and I feel in some ways, if you look at the overall arc, we've gotten a little closer to balance over time. Um, you know, come a long way, ways from the days of, uh, every melee and grenade was a one, one kill. You know, <laughs> if you did that on yeah. your power, that would, that would be one. So, um, I think we've I think we've gotten closer, but it's it's you know it's an ongoing process. So good on them for continuing to try. They're nowhere close now, and I don't know that they'll ever get you know very close. But they might they might get approximately as good as it's going to get, but they're, they're I don't think they'll ever really close that gap too much. So yeah. what's that? Uh, what's the myth of the the man cursed to roll a rock up a mountain and then this falls right back down? Yes, right, I think yeah. it, that seems very you know, appropriate <laughs> to think yep. about. 
<laughs> Bungie is Sisyphus, and uh, they they push the rock up the hill every season, and then Telesto kicks it back into their face. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is too <laughs> accurate. Telesto's at the top of the mountain with this foot in their face, so it's good times. Uh, it's great. I love it. <laughs> Banshee holding that gun is just the, the well. Little... The fact that he like it broke him <laughs> just shows that that weapon is too powerful for the game. It's, I mean, this, despite them, they've kept it in there as long as it has. At that, some point, I would have been like, "I'm sorry, this exotic has been just removed from the game. I don't care anymore. Just delete it." That probably would have happened at most other developers, but they still try and keep it in. But on the outside of. Uh, PvP, if you're enjoying Iron mm -hmm. Banner, this is your last week to get it in. So if you're trying to get your title this season, at least now is the time because it won't happen till season 18. And who knows if they're going to do two. Do you guys think they're going to do three Iron Banners next season? Or do you think they're going to just stick with their two? Depends on how little content they have next season. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> they do have a raid next season, but it will be a reprised raid. But then you have master difficulty, so... Well, we know that they they have as many Iron Banners as they need to be able to say that they're having something going on in Destiny every week, right? Let's get out the rules. So, however, that's, that's probably the have, the math. Yeah how how yeah. many weeks do we need to use it? Yeah, that how many weeks fair. do we have to put say, hey, it's Iron Banner week, so that we have something to post on Twitter about what's happening this week? That's uh, that seems to be the math. So, well, probably probably three times would be my guess. Yeah, I'd be a good. My guess or hope, I guess, just to give you a little more chances at the title if you're trying to grind for it. So it's not quite as especially if you need three, if you need to do the daily challenges, you have to do 12 of them it means you need to literally do it three times. So if you don't have another character, you literally can't get it done in one season. So that would yeah. be my guess. But if you're not a PvP player and you don't really love Grandmasters, PvE has been a little light quests. All finished up, mm -hmm. and then not much going on this week. But next week, we have Solstice coming back. So we have the European Aerial Zone returning. A uh, brand new kind of activity for it. We've got the Bonfire Bash. I'm not entirely sure if that's like a tower defense thing or if it's just going to be similar. We'll have to see what that's all about. But we have the new event card that kind of give us a bit of an overview of that. The event card basically sounds like what we had the books for in Destiny 1. Where you kind of like flip through, do a couple things, and it'd show you where everything um, is going to be for the event. They kind of consolidate it. So in your quest tab, you got bounties, you got the quest you're working on, then it has a little seasonal challenge bar. I think they're going to shrink that little bar and then put the event book right there. It's kind of the way they described it. Or if you want to check it out at Ava Levante, you can. Uh, we're going to have seals and titles. So Teddy is going to have more things to chase now. He's going to have the Solstice side title and seal, but he's also going to have the multi-seasonal event thing that he's got to keep up with now as well. So you're going to have two different titles, one that you can get and then one that you can start working on, but you won't get that one completed for a whole year. So the OCD completionists will struggle on that one for a little while. <laughs> I hope that I hope that they make some title that's just... Uh impossible for teddy to get because i want to see how far that curse would drag him down uh you, you know like he uh, would be like flying back from gamescom or something yeah you know uh you ever know um elder scrolls online elder scrolls online has a in-game achievement you can get in like an xbox live achievement for it for being the emperor of the game and to be the emperor of the game means you have to have the highest score 
in the game and then like so, go through some sort of political process where like the winning faction elects you as emperor. It's like one of the rarest Jeez. achievements ever because only one person can have it per like in-game season. And it, it's a incredibly time consuming and political process to get it. And uh, <laughs> I actually found there, you can find interviews with people that talk about like how they became emperor for a season and like how crazy it was and like how much time and money and all that stuff they had to do to get it. And uh, I hope they come up with something like that with triumphs where it's just like be number one on the leaderboard in crucible, you know, like first place, you have to be first place to get this triumph. Uh, just cause I want to see, I kind of want to see what would happen. I think well, it would break. Got, well, who did we have on? We had Scarrow on with Teddy and then they connected yeah. over being like triumph, you know, orders yeah. and they want to have all of them. And if you ever made yeah. one to where it was like, you were number one this season. Yeah, that whole group of triumph people would be mad. So, like, either they're gonna piss off fifty-seven of the fifty-eight people. I don't know if they would ever go quite that far. That'd be that'd be rough. It's just fifty-seven people. It doesn't mean anything in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. And the people who have every triumph, you would know they were serious because now it doesn't really mean anything. All it means now, if you tell me you have every triumph, it doesn't even really mean you're good at the game. It just means you have a lot of time, like a lot mm. of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you were actually number one and it was like something where like you had to do something crazy, then I'd be like, oh, damn, he's got every triumph. That's mad respect. But uh, I don't know. I mostly just want to see uh, Teddy get broken as a person. That's really <laughs> my goal. And all this. That's my stake. Ah, uh, true, friend. I want to see what happens when he breaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see what happens. Though. It just yeah. be, would be interesting to me. <laughs> so the event card is going to have your challenges that you got to do over the course of the event, the seals and titles. Also got the upgraded event card. Now, this is the free optional side of things. They covered this in a previous TWAB. Uh, basically, what it is is the fact that you're going to have... Uh, they had a listing of it. So if you do the upgraded event card, you've got the hot dog eating champ. You've got the sunny exotic ghost shell. You've got a shader. You've got an emote. And then from tickets, you're going to have another ghost hologram. Exotic ship, uh, another ghost hologram, which you're not really selling me. Those ghost holograms, those feel so useless most of the time. Transmat effect as well. So it's mostly, it is basically just cosmetics. Do you feel, again, we've talked about the pricing and things of that before. Where do you stand? I'll start with you, Crit Buff, of the idea of them <laughs> taking the seasonal event and now adding an upcharge for this thing. Now, it's probably if you went and buy bought all the different things from Evers, it would be cheaper, but where do you where do you land on the upgraded event card? Yay, nay, don't care. Let's see. So we don't my mindset on this having come from World of Warcraft uh, a few <laughs> years ago before switching to Destiny is that I don't pay a subscription fee and Bungie does have to make money to continue making games. Um I'm sorry. I mean, I'm going to have such a, a non-interesting take on this. I guess I will just say that it it doesn't directly impact me in a negative way. So I'll learn to live with it. Does that? I don't know. Am I crazy for that? You know. No, would you yeah. Would you prefer that those things were earnable in game? Oh, in a perfect world, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, and I, ideally, if if this was you know Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry's vision of a world where we didn't have to pay for things like food was 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 a reality then of course Star Trek, Star uh, Trek next generation <laughs> yeah exactly um i i understand the why so looking at it through that lens i've 
I suppose I come to peace with it. Um, not to say that everything should cost me, you know, like if weapons started costing me five cents to loot a chest at the end of a Vanguard strike, now we're like, oh, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. But, but um, yeah. Travis, I got to get your take. I haven't even got to the currencies yet, but just on the upgraded event card, how are we feeling about this one? I hate it. So <laughs> I knew that so was coming. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's look, I get it. You're making a live service game. The problem I have is that you need to pick what type of game you are and have a payment model, a monetary model that fits that game type. Because right now they sell you base expansions, which is what all games do, right? Games with with uh, no support and games with support sell you base expansion. They have season pass model, which a lot mm-hmm. of games that are free make all of their money purely off of season pass model. They have microtransactions on top of that season pass model, and they charge for things like transmog. And now you're charging me for the things that are in the season pass, the seasonal activities, or I, I guess that. Those, those aren't the things in the season pass, but things that are happened during the season of the season pass. It would be like... That if you sentence alone sp- was convoluted, so, yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It, w- it would be like if you play, if you open up Apex and they were like, hey, buy the season pass, and then you bought the season pass, and then two weeks out of that season pass, they were like, here's a special event, but this also has like its own mini season pass you have to pay for, or items that are exclusive behind another paywall. And it, if they did that in Apex... I would I would raise a major eyebrow, but on one hand, I'd be like, well, I didn't really pay for this game. I paid for the season pass, and I guess this doesn't count. But I would still raise an eyebrow. Destiny has no excuse. They have so many f- sources of revenue. And let us not forget, they just got purchased by That's a true. large company. that they, they don't even have the excuse of we're an indie company doing things the hard way anymore. They also are, are you know, now bought. They... I'm sure that none of that money went to the company. It all went to their shareholders and the people that, that started the company. But still, they are under Papa Sony. They have, uh, they don't even really, they're not even at the scrappy stage. So for so many reasons, I have a problem with this. And I think that somebody is super greedy over at Bungie on the monetization team. And they need to just take a look at the ecosystem. If you need to, if you need to add this, mm. take away something else and maybe take away one of the things that is preventing your players from playing together, like the expansion model that says, hey, if you don't own this expansion, you can't do this activity and it divides up playlists and do all, yeah. does all that stuff that hurts the community actively. If you're going to add something like this, at least fix one of the problems that's being caused by your really dumb monetary system. I, I need you to... I need you to to give give us a little back because it really is starting to feel off kilter now, um, and it, it just why this is another thing that players were getting for free. We used to expect that we would get some of these items for free, and I just uh, it really bothers me, man. So no, I mean honestly, you have a good point there because you brought up the what it's like for a new player and. I mean, most games, if you're going to buy the, I mean, World of Warcraft, a couple of us have played it. You're going to get the newest expansion. You're going to pay for that one. And that's how you kind of jump in and you might get the base destiny, but you're not going to have to buy. I'm not going to have to buy Cataclysm 
eight years later just because it's the old expansion, but I got to make sure I have the content to be able to go do this one activity or say a nightfall comes up and you can't do a nightfall because you don't have a specific expansion. That's the type of stuff, as Travis said, fully agree. And we're at the point where it just feels unnecessary. But as Travis said, if this is a necessity, then do the other thing and make the old expansions free because how old are some of those getting... You still have to buy Shadow Keep, correct? Like Shadow Keep's yeah. not free. Forsaken's gone. We know that one. And yeah. it's like there's got to be a point to where it's like some of the stuff is going to go into the content vault. Are they going to make Shadow Keep free in January before the thing comes out in like March or April? So you get a few months of it free, go play it, and then it goes yeah. again. But then if you buy it right before that, you could waste your money. It gets to a point to where I I understand, as you said, they're trying they were trying to make money, they're doing these things. This one just feels like how many of these can we sh can we shoehorn in to the game before we get to the point where they get enough feedback that people are mad? And we still have the point to where the season pass armor, which looks very cool, feels like it also could have been in the dungeon this time because it has like the death armor face and kind of the nightmare look to it. And it was mm -hmm. another one of those moments where that was shoved behind Eververse as opposed to in the game. So again, that's a moment where why is that not the armor that looks badass in the dungeon? But that's mm -hmm. in Eververse. But then we turn around. We also have this for Eververse to get these cosmetics that we could earn. It's just, I think Travis has got a legit point there. There's just, there's there's a few too many now. And they got to pull somewhere to get a little bit of faith back with the community. Because if mm -hmm. you have the backing of Sony and you feel like you're hiring crap loads of people at this point, they are hiring constantly new days. So many people got those wooden bungee swords last week and stuff like that. So much of that stuff is going on. They seem to have the budget to be able to do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So at some point, they got to do a little bit back for their community that's still here, that's still trying to do this because they're not helping the new players get in. And if you're not helping new players join your franchise... Hurting the ones that are there are just going to thin the herd slowly and surely. By the time you get to whatever is post-Destiny 2's final shape, whenever we get to season... God, what is that going to be? 18, 19, 20. Season 27 would be the last season, which sounds insane to say that word. But season 27, when that ends and the whole franchise, this 10-year saga is done, if you've pissed off everybody, if you just nickel and dimed us all the way to death, yeah, 27, like... When you try and do whatever follows that, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do that if you piss people off just enough that eventually everybody's like, "I'm done." Sorry, that yeah. was a long-winded corroboration of your answer. No, it makes sense. I, I just, I, I, I think this is hurting their game in multiple ways. Not only because it's confusing to the player in terms of, oh, what do I have to buy just to be caught up? Dude, you know how many people hit me up and go. Travis, I've been trying to get back into Destiny or I'm trying to play Destiny, get into it for the first time. What do I need to purchase to just get it all? Because I thought I bought the game, but then I tried to access an activity and it said I needed something else. And they're really confused by it. So there's that level of, of uh, kind of confusion. But there's also just the confusion of like, what what are you paying for? What what parts of the game do you get by making certain purchases? And what, what are you entitled to? What in the game can be earned versus what has to be purchased? And I feel like that's it's been such a weird, slow shift into something else. I'll, I, I don't know. I, I'm sort of spinning in circles. We've already talked about it. I'll just yeah. say this. Bungie, you are primed to make a mobile game. Like, you're ready. <laughs> you've, 
have fun. Your your hats off to you, man. You've done all your training. They're, they're, so. They've got the netties money and that that collaboration. <laughs> Right. All right. If that thing is successful and I see that they make a hundred million dollars in the first month of their mobile game, this stuff has got to back off. I swear. <laughs> Cause that better be a cash cow pay for your Nettie's investment and then come back in here and clip the wings on a couple of these things. But yeah, it's like, I know it's just cosmetics. I know it doesn't affect the game at all, but it's still mm-hmm. a point personally to me that I just like, it just, it, it's like transmog already didn't feel great that you could technically buy some of that stuff to speed up the process. And I'm like, okay, it's still cosmetics. And I know this is still cosmetic, but this is the weird one for me. And I don't know why this one's like the straw that's breaking the camel's back for me Mm -hmm. too specifically, but it just, it feels, this is the one that feels too much. And Mm. I don't know why for me it hits that way, but this is the one that just feels like, for a seasonal event, you've already got, you can buy everything in the Eververse store. Now it's a upgraded card, so you can, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the upgraded card is a cheaper way if you do all of it, but it just feels weird to me. I don't love it. Um, You know, I mean, a, a, a cup can only hold so much water before the water starts pouring over, and you might have just reached that point. Yeah. Well, there is a hot dog eating champ emote that will be part of it, which you can actually see. I'm sure that one will be entertaining. And you've also got the little old lady beach hat on the on the ghost there. So you got a couple of those different ones. I'm sure. Old lady, that's my wife now, man. She's only thirty something. That's no, that that does not look like a young person's hat. Maybe I'm wrong. Better a better uh, metaphor for Bungie's. uh, eager uh greed and consumption than a hot dog eating emote hot dog oh. eating contest now now we're getting all <laughs> metaphoric here and oh. getting on deep levels <laughs> grow fat with strength man yeah the world of opulence is callous. definitely coming yeah. through world guardians start walking around they look like thor from Endgame when he's got the belly which is gonna <laughs> eat too much <laughs> my wife loves that she she <laughs> You know, I'm convinced that once I'm out of the army, she's just going to get me as big as possible. She loves it. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> hey, you've been in shape for a good 20 years, I'm sure. So you're probably due to just relax a little bit. I'm sure your habits probably won't you get too bad, but I would imagine hopefully you'll relax a little bit. On the other side of things, though, we do have armor. Um, mm-hmm. This is where the currencies come up. So, Travis, get ready. Strap in and get your entertaining arguments coming. Uh, so Solstice armor is going to work differently. Previously, you would get like a blue set. You do the objectives of each of the blue set armor. When all of them were done, you could upgrade to the legendary, like low tier, do all the objectives on those, upgrade the full set to legendary high tier, which you could take with you after the event. And then if you want them to glow white, you could go do the certain thing on it. Cool. It was a little convoluted because you kind of had to do everything, whatever it was. They're changing it. Now, is this? there are some things that are good, but I can't say it's any less simple. They, it's. We'll have to see how it is. And again, tune in Tuesday. I will put out a guide as soon as I can wrap my head around everything in-game. But you're going to earn silver leaves by completing activities throughout the game. Hopefully those are balanced well, but you know people are going to come up with the fastest farm for those. Then you can transform silver leaves into silver ash... By completing the new activity, Bonfire Bash. Now, question one that I have to see how this works out. And I want to get your guys' thoughts on this one. When you transform the leaves into Silver Ash, do you think you can earn a whole bunch of leaves 
and then go do the bonfire bash once? Or do you think you're only going to be able to cash in a certain number of leaves at a time? And I've killed Travis. <laughs> Crit? Is he not even there? <laughs> I can't even get his response because all I've got to you right now. He's here. He left. It, was, it wasn't actually an internet connection this time. He was just. It's just like, I can't, I can't listen to this. For political reasons, he left. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so for you, question one, I haven't even got to all the currencies. Do you think you're going to be able to take a lot of silver leaves and put them into silver ash one time? Or do you think it's going to be multiple times and only a set number of silver leaves you can turn in at a time? Obviously the latter, and I think you know that. I, I assume that's how it's going to go. But if you look like silver leaves and you have a bonfire, just throw all the leaves in and you get your ash back Theoretically, it would make sense, though, too. But the way the game is, yes, I expect the other. So that's fine. Kindling. What, what better metaphor is there, going to another metaphor, E, than this process of them adding new currencies, them taking something that's full of life, a leaf, and turning it into ash. I think that that is exactly what will be happening to my joy when I do the solstice event, I will be bringing forward something that was alive and green and fresh silver. And I'll be walking away with silver. I mean, in this exact example, yeah. And I will be leaving with uh, nothing but ashes. E. That's what I think is going to happen. This is a very deep episode. We're getting some deep cuts very today. Deep. We're really, really. This is just Travis gets depressed during an episode <laughs> of the Last Word and just goes on melancholy rants. Oh man, I'm like, we're jumping back and forth. So I'm trying to like resize windows as we go. It's been an interesting one. Yeah, That's fine. No. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Okay. So then we're also going to get something called kindling. Now this is going to be like a, you're going to set number of this. Kindling is going to be completed by the solstice event. You're going to earn that by completing solstice event challenges. So this will probably be in your little event card. You will spend kindling to upgrade your armor. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to do the challenges and then spend the kindling on the armor slots that you want. So you can focus into certain ones if you like, as opposed to doing the objectives that were listed on the armor. So they basically took one thing and replaced it with another, but it's generally the same idea, it seems like. Now, the, only, the major positive that I'm going to say out of this, I will say the silver lining from the silver leaves and ash and kindling. Hey, I got to get one. I got to get one. The silver ash that you get is going to allow you to re-roll stats on armor. So you'll go through the seasonal event challenges, you'll get kindling, and you're going to upgrade a slot, which is actually kind of cool. This is where I, I would cross my fingers and hope that this could be something like leveling, where you could just level up a slot and not have to infuse, because infusion is already annoying enough. Um, because what you'll do is, like, if you get, say... A helmet and then you get a couple others and they're sitting in your vault and you level up your helmet slot to three which would be like the max level you turn around and any helmets that you own have on you or future get they're all tier three you don't have to level them up again or anything like that which generally would probably be the same way as probably once you've unlocked the class of armor or the tier of armor in the previous years i think that's all that would drop but they just kind of change the way it works 
The, the thing that I like is the fact that you're going... Yeah, exactly. This is why I'm going to make a video on Tuesday, everybody. There's a reason for that. So stay tuned, because I'm going to try and put this all in video form so I can show you how it all works, as opposed to trying to read this. Because I even made a video over this TWAB today, and I was like, I'm reading through this, and in my head, I think it makes sense. But it's already a little messy, and if it doesn't quite come through clear, it's a mess until you actually get to see it. And then somebody's going to log in and look at Solstice and be like, I don't know how to do anything. So at least there's... Oh, oh new light players. Yeah. Oh, Kindergartians. Good luck starting the game during Solstice of Heroes. Yeah. So basically they say to sum up, or TLDR, so complete event challenges to earn kindling. Use the kindling to permanently upgrade your Solstice armor stat roll potential. So basically what you're doing is like it only gets junk stats, it gets medium stats, and now it can have good stats when you fully upgrade it. You can complete activities to earn leaves. Uh, when you do the bonfire ash, you can turn the leaves into ash, and then you can use the ash to reroll armor. Basically, it's a very roundabout way of saying you actually are going to be able to get a piece of armor and then reroll it as many times as you're willing to get the silver ash. And if you can focus into a very specific stat, for example, maybe you want really high strength, you can actually focus in and it's going to be a guaranteed 20 in a 20 or higher in that slot. So if you're looking for a build, maybe you're a newer player, maybe you want like, hey, I want a high recovery build or I'm a hunter, I need a high mobility like set. You actually will be able to build yourself a pretty decent set from this. I will say that actually is something they haven't done with this event before. Now, is it a convoluted way to get there? Yes. But the end game, if you put some time in, I can see some benefit to that for certain people. If you've already got like all the sets of armor you need, this one may not do as much for you. All right, so now that I've explained it, Crit, are you here? I am here, sir. What are your thoughts on this? Because I know Travis is going to have a whole thing, so i got to go to you first. Um, my completely neutral thoughts are that uh, it seems to me a model has been developed and, in, as in, and is in practice where, and this happens with Vestiges of Dread and Bound Essence with Nightmare Containment, which oh, yeah. we are experiencing this season, right? In this case, Wings or leaves would take the place of vestiges of dread, ash taking the place of bound presence. You conduct your activities as you normally would, weekly reset hits, you do your strikes, you do your gambit, you do your crucible, you do your dungeon, whatever. You acquire vestiges of dread, or in this case, leaves. You then participate in the solstice event, stabbing in for nightmare containment. You get your ash, you spend it as you need. Um, whether or not this is the right way to go about this, I can't really say. I will say it does seem to be a reoccurring pattern, and this seems to be the way that they are content to do things. Right? Play the game as you normally would. Acquire currency. Spend in a specific, specific event for additional currency, which is then used towards specific rewards associated with the event. So it, it is clearly it's the way they're going. Um, and I don't see them changing course anytime soon because it seems to, this is something that has reoccurred over and over and over again. So. Yeah. Okay. That's the, the high level summation of the style of event we have from Bungie. Now I get the, I get the Travis hot take. I agree with crit buff that it is something that they're doing and likely won't change, but I disagree with him that I can't mm. say whether it's bad or good. I will gladly say that it is terrible and that you should stop doing it because it is 
it is a nonsensical system wherein you have people chasing a fake thing so that they can earn a separate fake thing so that they can use it to do something else. Not only is it confusing and convoluted, it's not fun to earn fake bucks to spend on things. It, people, if there's been one through line on what Destiny players enjoy, it's when they complete an activity and that item drops right in front of them, whether it's popping mm. out of a chest or using a skeleton key for it, or the Galahorn popping in the upper left-hand corner that you got it in the loot, whatever it may be, they like to see, they, they want to skip all the, the steps. Why am I getting, uh, you know, bungee bucks that I can go to a mall and then, and then buy them in the most sterile and unfun way imaginable? And, and why are they making the, the event more complicated and adding more currencies when it was, first of all, already was kind of complicated, but literally the activities and the stuff you had to do was on the armor that you were upgrading. They had the technology to add it there. And instead the of doing this other system <laughs> where they're, where they're just, they're making it more complicated and hard to even understand like how you progress in the event. And I think we know why they're doing it. They're doing it so that they can add caps so that they can make it so that you're, you know, if there's one good oh, thing, it's that you're, you know, there's going to be caps on all this crap yeah, and it's gonna just be caps and they're going to, that way you can't, you can't, complete all of your armor objectives all at once you have to choose where to spend your silver whatever that you're buying and then do all that i have one question for you guys mm -hmm. and i want you to think very hard before you go with the gut answer oh okay do you think there is any do you think that there's any chance it's not a coincidence that both of these currencies have the word silver in their title like another currency in Destiny called silver. Ooh. My, my answer, Travis, is that I suppose when we think about the tree of silver wings, was it back in? Yes. Um, Season of Arrivals. That's what they're going for. But any chance you're going to be able to turn silver into silver leaves or ash? Oh, God, I hope you're wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong, I, too. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. Because again, that gets into buying. Oh yeah, because we all know Bungie's really afraid of charging their players for things. They've they've been no. So... I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying you would literally be paying for stat rerolls at that point. And I don't think they would. They've they technically haven't crossed that line yet. Well, not 100 percent true. They charge you for ghosts. And sparrows that do have gameplay impact. But you can get uh, one with the same functionality. That does the exact. In the past, you had to get them through Eververse only, and you could. They added where now you can put mods in and stuff, but there were like XP boosts and stuff. So they've done it in the past, and I thought that they were pulling away from it. But I don't know, man. I'm not so sure now. I have my doubts. That's all I'm going to say. It does seem to be creeping into weird territory. I mean, the whole the upgrade card, as I already said, was kind of a weird feeling for me. I mean, that's just one of those like you get this weird vibe. Like there's going to be a solstice upgrade card. That's that I you, and then there's going to be a festival of the lost upgrade card that you can do, but then you're also going to be able to buy the armor at Eververse. I'm like, what if the there was a ticket that I could earn the armor from the card, but then you got to buy it. I don't know. It's as you've already said it, there's too much going on with too many ways to spend money. 
most all of them generally do tend to be for cosmetics. This, I don't think, will involve actual silver, which is, cross our fingers, I hope not. Um, and I don't expect that. If they did that, they would get a lot of flack really quickly. Um, but it's just one of those things. For oh, oh, I, I was just oh, going to say, for, for certain players, being able to build a set around a stat of armor that you may not have had been able to focus into before, or now with the resilience having more of like a damage mitigation thing, I know people are looking to try and get into that or get stability or whatever, um, flinch and those type of things. Certain people may be trying to get a stat they didn't have before. So this is a way to actually try and like re-roll and focus armor, which is something we haven't been able to do in a very long time since Glass Needles. Um, so it is nice to see that as an option. The grind to get there is going to be interesting, but overall, that's like the silver lining for me of the event. It it feels weird with the upgrade card, but if I can earn armor that I can reroll stats and be like eventually be like, okay, reroll, reroll. All right, I got a cool headpiece. Let me use that one. I'm good. And it's like if you wanted to build one or two sets of armor from this, you could. But as I said, if you don't need to do anything like that, this whole thing is probably just going to feel probably not necessary for some people, veterans especially. So something to support my concept or my idea that, you know, silver uh, leaves, silver tree, yeah. right? They call it a paracausal bonfire, and the tree was paracausal in nature. That is true. If I remember correctly. So yeah. that's the only thing I can offer in support of my of my point. Hey, it's so, better. Yeah. It's it's something. Honestly, I don't think they would actually make it real silver because that would. You would see some very good flack about that one, but I'm just saying I, I tend to agree, but I'm just saying it's not off the table, given what we know. And also, I regardless, regardless of whether silver has any inter interplay with silver leaves mm -hmm. or silver ash, it mm -hmm. is even more confusing if you're a new light and you're looking at silver leaves and silver ash, I would not, I would not blame anyone for thinking, Oh, I'll pay 20 bucks for silver. That'll probably help me progress in this silver based activity I'm doing. So it, it, all of it is, it just adds another layer of complexity regardless. And I just, I hate the way they do currencies. It's such a pointless, arbitrary treadmill that they mm. could just simplify like every other looter shooter does. No looter shooter does this man. I just got done reviewing Outriders World yeah. Slayer. That is a game where you get your drops right either from enemies or from loot chests. It feels good when you get loot. Destiny is so in its head with like this. How how do we create the perfect treadmill for players to run on that? I think they've forgotten the beautiful simplicity in killing something and getting a cool drop. Mm. That used to be how we got everything. Yeah. I mean, that's... I guess, you know, the double-edged sword of Bungie has been able to be successful, build up a studio, grow themselves. Unfortunately, some of it has come at the implementation of Eververse and the expansions and the seasons and some of these things that we have disagreements with and how they monetize the game that we play. It's like, and then there's a point like, what is too far? How deep do your pockets really need to get? Or what else is it going towards? The Netties, 160 million or whatever it was. I always forget that number. But it was like $100 million at least was, you know, put in. And now we figure out what that's going to is going to be something separate. But it does get to a point to where how many times do, do we need to have a question of like, what is too far in the monetization? When you said you turn around and play Outriders, 
but then you see like the success of Outriders. It came, flash in the pan. There was a lot of technical difficulties because honestly, if that game came out technically polished the first time, it actually would have done very well. It was the technical difficulties, deleted inventories, COG couldn't log in for a month. Like you had some major issues that burned that one. But if you do make a good game, like they mostly did, then it can do well. But again, to manage and pay for a live service, things apparently get very, very expensive. And these seem to be some of the ways that they try and pay for it. But yeah, I do feel as they build out the studio, they have more artists and other things. At some point, give me something I can earn in the game that's equivalent. You can have cool things here, and you can have equivalent things that you can buy, but at some point, I want to see a little more equality between those two. The dungeon yeah. this season was an example with the armor. I feel like that armor from Eververse should have been in there, or the season pass, wherever it was. I also think players get a little too... Uh empathetic with Bungie, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but no, I, I, I don't think that you should always be worried about like, well, they're running a business. They have to keep money. Like that's their problem, right? Mm. Your problem is if you're judging them, just saying like, does this feel as a good experience as a player? Do I feel like I'm getting my money's worth and that I'm being treated fairly? You should always be looking at things from that. And you should try to blind yourself, in my opinion, to how Bungie is making a buck. They're going to be fine. I guarantee you they just got acquired. They're, they're, they're going to be okay. But I don't think that that it's our responsibility as players to put ourselves in their shoes and go, Oh, but you know, they've got bills to pay. And you know, Nancy mm -hmm. just got promoted and she's getting, you know, a 10 K more a year. And I, I just, I don't, that's not our job as players. I think our job is to say, look at what we're getting, look at how we're being treated, look at how confusing or simple the system is and ask yourself, does this, does this jive with the industry standard? Does this make me feel like my time and investment is being respected? My dollar is being respected. And if the answer is no, then who cares, you know, uh, you know how Bungie is paying its bills or what their, their income and, and uh, expenses are. That's not your problem. Unless you, unless you work in finance for Bungie, in which case, mm -hmm. you know, I'd love to have you on the show and talk about what your, <laughs> what your problems are. Uh, I, I don't think that that's something you should. Even that's really a guess. I don't see us getting. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see the community team blessing off on that appearance. Yeah, can we get the CFO <laughs> to join us on the show? And we want to break down these monetization models and really understand where are our bungee bucks going? And how do we get more see, bungee bucks? I see Dylan yeah. greenlighting that one. <laughs> yeah, no, the press would be like, nope, delete that email. In fair point, yeah, that, that's not a press trained person or anything. But no, I mean, I completely agree. And that's why I said, for me, this is the first time, whatever you said, the cup got full. It's like, for me, this is the time. It's like the event card just feels feels weird, feels odd, feels a bit much. We already do, as you said. I mean, I bought the Deluxe Edition with the 30th anniversary, so I spent 100 bucks on the Year of Destiny. Cool. I get the dungeons, but yeah, you have a new player come in, they buy the season, and they don't get the dungeon with it. Well, can they go buy the Deluxe Edition? Okay, but the Deluxe Edition has a season that some of it will be there, but it will go away eventually. So depending on when they buy the deluxe edition to get these things, how long are those going to stick around next year being as the dungeons tend to stay in the game. But on the other side, the seasonal content does not. When we think of the duality dungeon next year, how is somebody going to turn around and play the duality dungeon in season 19 in Lightfall? Are they going to just have to buy the year five dungeon key in Lightfall, even though that stuff's back here and maybe on a rotating pinnacle 
thing where it comes up for a pinnacle drop from the final boss once every six weeks. Is that what you're really going to have to do next year? Like, I mean, I'm asking you as a legitimate question. Do you think that's what it would take? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to add up how much money you'd have to pay to get a full year of Destiny if you wanted everything in the game. I mean, you can do 80 bucks right now. 80 bucks would buy you Witch Queen and everything for this year. That's what it was. A 30, well, the 20 bucks the, was... What, what, what about the events books that they're selling now? Oh, I mean, in theory, there's are? four events, I think, because you got Solstice, uh, you got Festival of the Lost, you got the Dawning, and I'm forgetting one, which I feel like we just went through. What was the event yeah, last so season? $120 a year? Yeah, so 120 bucks for all the event cards, as well as the expansion and the four seasons, if that expansion deluxe edition say includes the desk de the dungeons yeah 120 bucks would be event cards and then the deluxe edition with the expansion seasons and dungeons because my understanding is for the obviously anybody can take part in the seasons but if you want a treadmill of things to earn during those those events those uh, seasonal events even to get on the treadmill you have to pay the 10 bucks right is that my understanding correct? You can... So the way the event tickets work is you'll earn the event tickets all the way through the event. If you want to choose to upgrade your card, you can wait till the last day if you've earned all the tickets that you feel like you want to earn, buy the upgrade and turn on all your tickets. So you can wait so to see how many tickets you get to figure out if it's worth it for you, which is something I recommended in my video, but... Yes. Oh, so, so yeah, you don't get anything on that reward treadmill until you pay the money, though. Yeah, upgraded one, correct. correct. Yeah, you get nothing from that until you pay it. Terrible idea, frankly. Great buff. Idea. Do you think in Lightfall, a new player is going to have to buy a dungeon key to go play Duality? Uh gosh, <laughs> I. Is he pondering? Or Are you there? I'm at a really unfortunate time. Yeah, he's really deep in thought right now. I'll give mine, and I think the answer is yes. Because the dungeon key is a separate transaction right now. It's going to sit out there in the store, and it's just probably going to stay there. And it's going to be duality and whatever season 19's dungeon is going to be. That's how you're going to get access to him in Lightfall. And you won't have access to him if you don't buy that key. That's, that's correct. I was like, I feel now what it should be is say Lightfall is 40 bucks. Say the deluxe edition is 80. You want to own all previous content, 20 more dollars. Just make it one flat fee and wrap everything else in a bow. What about free? I mean, that would be the optimal one, but if they feel like they need to charge for, you know, all of the, you're buying the base game as well. That's like your base game purchase or something like that. I think, get I think all the old stuff. Free. I think it hurts Bungie to not make all the old stuff free because then they manage to say, even if they do manage to sell a new user on destiny, they immediately have to explain all the stuff that they can't do. And it becomes, I think it's like more of a burden on them than it is on, on uh, us. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm not arguing. I think it should be, but yeah. crit buffs back. Okay, so the best yes. timing. You you were very deep in thoughts, and now you're back. <laughs> yes. What is your What are your thoughts on that question? Since you probably heard mine. When I buy Lightfall, 
I should get everything that happened up to Lightfall as well that is still in the game. Yep. I'm I agree. But I, I just do you think it will work that way? That's the question. No. Okay. <laughs> we agree on both sides. We don't think it's gonna work that way, but we think it should. Yes. Yeah. I, I actually I'm even more extreme than you guys. I don't think you should have to buy Lightfall. I think at this point the season passes and the microtransactions and the transmog and all the stuff they're doing with the events books now that you're getting i think that their model does not match the industry standard at all if you look at live service games like fortnite which you don't have to buy ever right they're free to play mm-hmm. Warzone, like all these games and a lot of those games have a lot of content now obviously destiny we hold it up on a bit of a pedestal because it's got such high quality content but at this point they have enough revenue sources and they're no longer an indie company that's doing their own publishing and all those other problems, right? They're about to about to be nested in this large corporation. I don't think it makes sense for them to be charging for expansions at all. And I think that if they didn't charge for expansions and they made all that base content free and just charged for the special stuff, it would actually help them because it removes a bunch of barriers of entry from getting people to start playing your game and to keep playing it and to not fall off. And it stops the bleeding that I feel has been happening for a couple of years now, where it becomes their their player base is fragmented four different ways now yeah. from all these people that do or don't own all this different content. And I don't I don't think that puts them in a position for success, them being Bungie, uh, or the players for that matter. So I just think that Lightfall should be a free expansion and that they should if they're going to continue, they need to choose one. Either you charge me a hundred bucks for that year of destiny, or you charge me nothing and you make all your money when I buy your season passes and your microtransactions and all that stuff. But they should not be selling the main content. If they have the microtransaction model, that they have, it just doesn't make sense. No other game has it. None. I'm not arguing. I, I mean, realistically from their end, I don't see them doing a free expansion because those expansions are larger influxes uh, and the yep. deluxe editions as well. But I am to the point to where if I tell a friend, hey, do you want to jump into Lightfall? Especially because you keep taking stuff away and then you now you know you have limited time. Like somebody goes to play Final Fantasy 14. They can start at a Realm Reborn and go. It might take them 400 hours to get through it all, but technically it's there. You can't even do that in this game. So I think there's the point, as you said, simplification for the player base, unfragmentation of the player base, lightfall and forward, costing some money, whatever they're going to do, anything before that, free. I mean, it's got to be like, there's no, it just, it burns too many people. As you said, you've started the bleeding and they're not helping new players fill in the holes enough. There's got to be a point in this population is just getting smaller and smaller. And and if you try and milk the sm- you're only going to get you can't get blood out of a stone at some point. It's just not going to happen. So. That's kind of where I'm at on that one. And it is I w- yeah, I will be very curious to get Cog's take next week because I know he's not here for this one, but just to see how this is how this is how he's taken, I guess, just another micro, another whatever it may be. But yeah, when it comes to the twab uh, they do have the foundation update going on. Always a good thing. Um, all their fundraiser mm-hmm. incentives are going on. Uh, I know you said Mudkip was doing that. So if you are a fundraiser yep. and you do 2500 or 5000 you get some cool emblems. If you are a donator, you can get the new 7 of 7 emblem. Uh, it looks like kind of a 7 of the column 
cool looking rework to it. And then also the, if you do a hundred bucks, it's 50 for the seven of seven, hundred bucks for the heart of hearts emblem. You get, I think every heart of heart emblem they've done in destiny two, it looks like five of them. Um, and all this stuff is going to improving children's health and well-being, uplifting the voices and rights of the individuals and communities and providing humanitarian aid for those in times of crisis. As they always do, their fundraising efforts are fantastic. Um, and they also kind of go for a little bit for the over 165,000 guardians have found their loyal companion uh, with the loyal companion emote. Um, you go watch that story about uh, the Make-A-Wish kid, Christian, uh, and his dog. You're a dog lover. You're screwed. Grab a Kleenex. You're going to cry. It's... <laughs> Uh, it got me, dude. I was watching that and it just could not help it. And then they got the little plushy dog in there. It kind of, it's a German shepherd. Looks like one. So I don't mm -hmm. know if like, it's not quite a Husky, but it's close enough. I still might end up getting it. Um, but yeah, that one, that one was rough for a, a dog person him and everything else was like, that was rough. But yeah, Bungie Foundation is always doing fantastic stuff. So check that one out. Some cool emotes and stuff and good causes that they go to. Uh, but outside of that, the patch next week, we will actually have three hours of downtime, three hours and 15 minutes. So actually from 6.45 a.m. Pacific until 10 a.m. Pacific, it'll be down. So a longer downtime than we've had in a while, actually, um, outside of like... It's great for me because that's like 3.45 to, you know... Oh, yeah. You'll be, uh, you, you can <laughs> sleep a little more. You can sleep a little bit. There you go. Yeah, uh, that is something I will have to get used to going to the East Coast, going from being three hours behind... PST to being uh what three hours ahead three hours ahead three hours ahead yeah so that'll be a fun adjustment yeah that'll take you a little bit for a minute it's gonna be a <laughs> gonna be a rough first week if it's a six hour like permanent jet lag for a minute I would say so the the multiple trips across both oceans for the military have kind of cured me of that I just oh. if I go to sleep that night I wake up I'm fine I'm adjusted I'm set nice yeah. I haven't gone far enough that it's hit me. Like I haven't gone to Europe or, you know, the Asia side of things to where it's like a far enough adjustment. I went to Hawaii and it was five hours from here. Yeah. Um, sounds right. And then, oh, cause I'm in Dallas and it was, we talked to like the concierge, like, Hey, what should we do in the morning? And they're like, Oh, there's this like surfing thing, like six in the morning. Like, are we going to be tired? She's like, no, you're going to be awake. <laughs> Because our body clock was going to be off. And sure enough, like we got up for that one. But yeah, it was yeah. like that one time kind of worked out. But I could assume it would be pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I got a funny story one day about a typo got me sent to Thailand and back. 34 what? hours of straight flying. How many hours? It, it, 34 hours of straight flying. A typo <sighs> and an email got me. <laughs> Sorry. No, sorry for another time. <laughs> How's that? How? What? How? You got to tell us now. Remember I mentioned earlier uh, before the show that, you know, my job has a similar job in the military and the terms are used synonymously, the names for both jobs. Okay. That resulted in me getting sent when they wanted somebody else. So they kicked me as soon as I landed in Bangkok. They're like, we didn't want you. What are you doing here? Get out of here. And then that got me sent on a plane uh, right back from Bangkok to Seattle. Damn. So. Yeah, that's rough. You were probably, you're like, can I sleep for a minute when you get back home? It's like, hopefully you got a chance to recover. No, the office wanted me back in to uh, go over what happened right after I got back home, even though my wife and child both had the flu when I left, too. <laughs> well, that was a very expensive typo that got written off as probably a very expensive toilet seat or whatever the joke is or something like that, so. 
Sorry. Enough about that. Sorry. No, no. That's see random stories we don't hear about. I just, you know, boring civilian life. We don't get to accidentally travel to Thailand on on a whim. So. But my daughter, a little Minnie Mouse doll, though. I'm sure it was like licensed. I'm sure Disney was well aware of that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was 100 <laughs> percent legit merchandise. Yeah. But yeah, it is a quieter time in Destiny, so I mean, if you're working through Backlog, playing some other things, putting 2,000 hours into Xenoblade Chronicles 3, <laughs> make sure I say that right. I'm sorry, Xenophage like, Xenophage, like, comes out of my mouth a lot more than Xenoblade, so forgive me. Yeah, uh, and it's not like that uh, That game has a, you know, super passionate audience or anything that you don't have to worry yeah, about I mean, reacting. Yeah, review and nobody even cares, yeah, and no I'll, reaction with Okay, so here's a question. When you put, because a lot of the IGN reviews are pretty condensed. Yours might be, not a hair longer, but yours like, you know, eight, nine, ten minutes. I might have seen one. Um, I think the Loopmancer one today was probably about eight minutes. When you have a game of that length, does it necessitate a much long, like any longer review? Or is your goal always to still be able to tell your review, even if it's a 200-hour game, in that 10-ish minute window? Yeah, I'm someone who doesn't really like the skill up model just because I feel like if you can't put the overview and the thoughts of what is helpful to a player who's coming at it from maybe not knowing much about the game, then you're sort of asking them to do a lot of work when you could you're supposed to do the work for them, right? You're supposed to summarize, you're supposed to make the review digestible and not make them watch an hour long video to understand what you think. Um but I also think that, you know, tweeting a review is not really great practice either because it just is too much of a summary for me. So typically I try to end between like 1500 to 2,500 words somewhere around there. Um, and I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty uh, snappy writer. I tend to squeeze my thoughts into fewer sentences rather than more. I, I don't really drag on despite what I do when I talk, I drag on when I talk and then when I write, wow. I make it uh, very short. Yeah, I'm, long um, I'm long winded for sure. Yeah, I'm long-winded when I talk, but when I write, I'm really succinct. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think um, to better best serve the player who's wondering if this game is worth their time, it won't be substantially longer. Uh, that said, my review is as long as I have something to say. And so if a game being really long means that I have a lot to say about it, it will probably be longer. I don't know if that's the case with Xenoblade. I think... Uh, Xenoblade is long because it's a JRPG that wants you to wants to make you feel like you're on an epic journey and wants to make you feel like you know the party in your the people and the characters in your party like really well like you're like best friends with them by the end of the the game and so um I uh <laughs> somebody in the comments section making fun of me for talking too much uh <laughs> yeah to, to answer your question I I think it'll probably be about the same even though I've spent you know now over a hundred hours playing the game at this point so. Yeah. I mean, that's kind yeah. of one of those like I appreciate both, I guess, I'm as a consumer of reviews and stuff like that. I do tend to watch both. I'll watch the ACGs because he's usually somewhere between an IGN and a skill up. Skill ups will be on the yeah. longer end, but I'll get more more of some of the detail. And especially for somebody like that, if I've got like something like I'm um, walking the dog or something like that. And it's like I just his have been good if it's one where the visuals might spoil me, but he can do a lot with words. Those are actually kind of a good one for him to like go into some of the nitty gritty or the details about things and kind of fill some time. But on the other side, if you're like, all right, I need like less than 10 minutes. Is this game good or not? So, I mean, IGN, you guys are very specifically built for that. 
So it is yeah. one of those that, yeah. but as you said, it's like, it is your job to summarize, but there, I was like, I would just wonder, it's like his, you know, destiny one was like an hour long, and, but, yeah. and it was like, but part of like, I could see a destiny review, like for even you, I know is going to be succinct, but there's so many different, depending on where you're coming from and stuff like that. Um, I can see yeah, the I Destiny can, one being longer, but also I can see yeah. like, but you appreciate when you can still consolidate it that much. So it is, it's For a talent sure. to be able to shrink it down. Yeah, I, 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 to be clear, I understand where Skillup's coming from, and I think there's room for both. Yeah. I even think there's room for a tweet review for somebody who really doesn't have time, and if it's a maybe, can be a, it's just audience. a number. <laughs> Yeah, just a number, right? Like that IGN kind of does that with our summary and our number, right? At the end. But uh yeah. I I it, to me it's more just that like I'm probably shooting for a different type of reader slash viewer than a skill up is. A skill up wants his audience comes because they like those deep dives and they probably want to hear, you know, him talk forever and they would be upset if he did just a 20 minute video. Uh I think the IGN viewer is is literally it's it it's like the everyman gamer. They're they're they probably get dive deep into certain games that other games they're wondering if it's worth the time and they're using our site to navigate the 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 uh the landscape and so it's a very different type of reader i think like this is something you probably can't say is it's like confidential or whatever i would be very curious your analytics of if you click on a review and then how f like to know the scroll to oh. the number <laughs> like what is that you're like all so 2500 words no i read the f the 12 or like maybe 40 words in the red next to the number and i'm out like i can only imagine yeah. that track analytics IGN site is pretty funny because if you have like a uh, an editor account on our site, it adds this bar to the bottom to the top of every page that shows analytic data at a glance. And one of the things it has is view viewers, uh, unique viewers versus engaged viewers, and it tells you what the breakdown is percentage wise. And uh, you can and then it'll tell you like how many are engaged in this article versus the average article that week or that month. And so there's a lot of like interesting analytic things where you know. Yeah, uh, whether it's resonating with people or if people are just commenting to scroll down to the bottom and make a mean comment or say something or or, uh, or just look at the review score. But uh, typically, if they want to know the score, they actually don't click on the article. They just read the summary and they look at the number of the score. That's oh, in the you guys have started to yeah. do that, actually. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. always so, there. So that's probably been, yeah, I guess, a good and a bad. It's a better better idea. But yeah, the the I would say the average IGN reviewer, at least on my stuff, because I only really check my articles. I just want to know yeah. like how people are engaging or they're they're pretty engaged. Nice. They're pretty engaged. What's the yeah. uh what's the old saying? If I had more time, I'd have written a shorter letter. Right? <laughs> that that is one hundred percent true. You have to work like twice as hard to get something like more succinct. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I would agree with that philosophy one hundred percent. Yeah. The number of times I look at my review scripts and then I just have to, I do a control F for the word that and 90% of the delete time it. I delete. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got, I got pretty good at uh, clipping that one out. I actually have, it's funny that we're talking about this cause I, uh, I'm doing a, another show tonight where we're talking about review philosophies. It's like a mm. long form thing. Oh, nice. So this is kind of like pre gaming right now. Oh, there you go. Um, but I actually challenge myself and you can read any of my reviews and try to catch me on this, but I try to not include even one sentence in any of my reviews that does not contain an opinion. Interesting. Every sentence has to have opinion in it because my philosophy is 
a review is your opinion. You're just trying to get to the meat of, is this game good or bad? What about it? Did you like, what about it? Didn't you like? And if you're spending a lot of time explaining what the game is without providing opinion context, you're sort of wasting time with the review. And so I try to challenge myself to not even have one sentence without opinions. And if you read it, I challenge you. I, I, I'm pretty good about this. I'm sure a few have slipped in over the years, but I'm pretty good about literally never including a sentence that doesn't have some kind of opinionated statement or language to it. So, well, as I feel that. Yeah, that's not bad. Cool. Uh, thank you, Zeno, for these $2 super chats. Um, thank you for your service, Crit Buff. So mm. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Zeno. I appreciate that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, as we still have you connected, want to give you a chance to wrap up, tell everybody where you can find, where you can be found, what you're doing, um, you know, all that type uh, of stuff. Yes. Basically, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Uh, so, gentlemen, again, thank you for having me on. You can find me on YouTube. Just do a search for Crit Buff. You'll find the channel. Uh, I'm on Twitter, where I'm apparently a bit of a lightning rod. So, you know, have fun with that. <laughs> Same call sign. Definitely, yeah. Go check out his Twitter. Give him a follow. Give him some support, some positivity in there. It's never a bad thing because Twitter has its moments. But definitely also go check out his YouTube videos. Very thought out reviews. You know, a thousand kills happened before that review. Please spend some time with it. So it's more than just looking at uh, perk options. He's got a real opinion because he put in the work. So definitely check him out. Thank you very much, Kurt Buff, for joining us tonight. Very appreciated. Uh, Travis, what about you? Just more yeah, time so, in Xenoblade uh, and see if you can get Iron Lord. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so I, I did a preview of Xenoblade that came out last week uh, covering the combat system and what I think about it so far. Um, until, as for now, that's all I'll be able to talk about it until um, January 20, January, July 26th when uh, my review comes out, uh, which should be uh, pretty uh, contentious. People have very strong feelings about that game, myself included. Um, and then uh, I'm also previewing a game called Roller Drome uh, yeah. that should also be live that same morning, July 26th. Oh, wonderful timing. More. Gotta love that. Timing. Um, I'm also reviewing a game. Oh, I can't talk about that one, actually. It has not been announced. Uh, but I'm, I'm uh, previewing another game uh, that's going to get announced uh, later this month. Um, and yeah, I, I'm going to be on a show talking about review philosophy and... Uh, what makes a good review with uh, Ainsley Bowden on the season gaming YouTube. I don't know nice. if it's going to be live stream, but that's literally happening right after this. I'm hopping from this call into that one. And so um, we should be on at seven Pacific. So an hour from now at the latest. Um, nice. Yeah. So hop on that if you want to. And then uh, you can also find me Sunday mornings on BitCast, uh, where I talked to uh, a lawyer named Hogue, uh, Ainsley Bowden himself. And the inspiration for the Scarecrow, uh, Dan Rodriguez. So, um, yeah, you can catch me there every Sunday if you'd like. That's me. Awesome. Uh, yeah, again, Crit, thank you for your service. Uh, glad you get to kind of, you're, as you said, you're in the twilight of your service. So you can kind of get back into the civilian light and hopefully back to some better internet. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, if nothing else, this is, if this is what you're dealing with gaming, you got to have some lag bots all over the place. So... You, you, uh, everybody probably thinks you're cheating and finally you'll be able to call it, call the others out if they are. So, um, if I was cheating my trials, Katie, we'd be better and people couldn't try to uh, stat shame you with it. <laughs> hey, I, who, if, if you're playing the game, who too. cares? Yeah. I was like, who cares? I was like, I'm sure my Katie is trash as well, but I don't do a whole lot, but if you have fun playing the game, fine. Nobody, nobody should care that much. No, uh, they shouldn't, but they do. It's oh fun. yeah, of course. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, that for me, uh, I did actually wrap up both of those kind of side games I was working on. I'm trying to decide between Have a Nice Death. Um, the opening to Have a Nice Death. I actually watched a YouTube video just like I was doing one thing and watched the opening. That opening is so stylistically awesome and looks fun. I may have to play that one, but I'm also debating on Loopmancer since it just dropped, actually, just to get a little... I'm trying to put a couple smaller indie titles before I jump into something like Horizon, because that's definitely going to be another, like, 50-60 hour stream set, so that'll be a bit... But yeah, COG should be back next week. Also next week, if you guys are this far into the show, might as well tell you who's coming. We've got uh, Irresolute. Irresolute? I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, but he Fantastic will be coming artist. on. Yes, actually. Good artist, good player, so... Should be a fun chat. And then on the 28th, give you guys a little preview. We got Aztacross coming on on the 28th. That one should be fun. Uh, and then little preview. I'm just going to say them fast. I got Stadia Time, Legionless TV, Professor Broman, Big Daddy Teej, oh. and KYT Kucha uh, from the Massive Breakdown. So we've got some good guests coming up. So, yeah, I've got us lined up basically through September 1st. Stacked. All-star roster, E. Congrats. I, I, I'm i doing the producer thing over here, so I'm trying my best. <laughs> yeah, doing a good job. Um, but yes, again, thank you all for chat, for being here. This was a fun one. Thank you for rolling with the uh, technical difficulties. But Crit, thank you for taking time out of your vacation and leave to chat with us. We very much appreciate it. And again, very much thank you for your service. As we wrap up this show, as always, it is July 14th, episode number 206. And even though Cog's not here, I know he's doing it in spirit. It has been... The last word. word.